Hey, Crime Sound listeners, what is up? I'm Ashley, and with me always is Ricky. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Crime Sound podcast. We have a very recent case for you today that we have been completely glued to since we first heard of it. It's about a 20-year-old young woman named Vanessa Guillen, a U.S. Army soldier who was murdered this past April. Vanessa's death has sparked a large political response with hashtag find Vanessa Guillen turning into hashtag justice for Vanessa trending all over social media platforms and protests and rallies continue to be held nationwide. Here at Crime Salad, we hope that providing you as much factual information as we can on what really happened outside of any political bias We can first honor Vanessa's life and legacy, and second, be a resource for you to make informed decisions on how to respond to the ongoing conversations around her murder. There's a lot to unpack here, and some parts of this investigation are still ongoing. But given everything we do know, Vanessa's story is an important one to share. To give you a little bit of a background, Vanessa Guillen was born and raised in Houston, Texas, where she lived with her mother, father, and five other siblings. She loved to run, play sports, particularly soccer, and was an avid weightlifter. Vanessa, like the rest of her family, was devotedly Catholic and committed to her education, graduating in the top 15% of her high school class. According to Vanessa's mom, she had talked about joining the military since she was 10 years old. And when she graduated from high school, Vanessa enlisted right away in the U.S. Army. And like any mother, Gloria Guillen was worried for her daughter after she enlisted. But Vanessa was adamant and wanted to defend her country. Vanessa was particularly close with her older sister, Myra, who recently turned 22. Myra flew out for Vanessa's graduation from basic training and supported her sister's ambition to be in the army, even when their mother wasn't quite so sure. Myra remembers her sister telling her mother, who only speaks Spanish, about her choice to enlist. Without a doubt, Mammy, it is the law of life. Vanessa was originally stationed in Virginia, but had recently relocated to the Fort Hood Army Post in Killeen, Texas which was only a few hours away from her hometown and family in Houston. Vanessa's sister, Myra, says that Vanessa was really family-oriented. Rather than going out to parties or hitting up the nearby big cities like Dallas and Austin, Vanessa would choose to come home and see her parents and siblings nearly every weekend. While Vanessa was excited to serve her country, she would also share dreams about going to college and getting married. Vanessa was a happy, responsible, well-loved 20-year-old. Vanessa hoped that during her time in the U.S. Army, she would be stationed in Germany. But soon after she arrived at Fort Hood, Vanessa began to change. Her mother, Gloria, shared that Vanessa was becoming much more withdrawn and was experiencing a lot of trouble sleeping, something that she hadn't had trouble with before. Gloria was worried about her daughter, and when she pressed for the reason for her change in behavior, Vanessa confessed that she was being sexually harassed by a member of her unit. 
Gloria tried to convince her to share the name of the sergeant that was harassing her, but Vanessa said she didn't want to cause any trouble. She knew that her mom would be like most moms and would try to report it. Vanessa had told her mom that she knew of other female soldiers on the base that had similar issues with sexual harassment who had reported it, but these soldiers were not believed. Vanessa had promised Gloria that she would speak up and put a stop to this, that she felt like she could handle this all herself. Well, Vanessa never got a chance to speak up against her harassers. On April 22nd, 2020, Vanessa gets called in to do some work, repairing arms and artillery in the early afternoon, despite it being her day off. She's seen heading across the parking lot of her regimental engineer squadron headquarters at Fort Hood, dressed in leggings, a black shirt, and running shoes. And according to her supervisors, Vanessa was only supposed to do a quick inventory, as she was a central military occupational specialty, a role that she continued to serve when the base was limiting personnel due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. While working in the arms room, Vanessa receives a message to come record serial numbers for equipment and bring paperwork to another area so that it can be serviced later. Vanessa leaves her wallet, bank cards, ID, her car keys, and her room key in the armory where she was originally working. But when the armory is locked up at the end of the day on the 22nd, all of Vanessa's things were still inside of it. These are things that would be essential for her to have with her if she were to leave Fort Hood or gone home. Her white Jeep is still in the parking lot from when she arrived earlier. Furthermore, she never showed with the paperwork that she was supposed to file to service the equipment. And after she isn't seen during a check on the barracks and unit area, Vanessa's unit reports her missing, leading the Fort Hood Military Police to issue a BOLO, a be on the lookout notice. Since disappearing from a security base is really out of character for anyone, and especially Vanessa, the Fort Hood Military Police offer up a $15,000 reward for anyone who might have credible information to where she is. But for Vanessa's panicked and distraught family, this just simply isn't enough. Having only been gone for a few days, Myra, Vanessa's sister, told reporters that she knew something isn't right noting that something is strange about Vanessa's sudden disappearance. Why would she leave all of her things? Why would she leave in the middle of work? And how could an army base with all of its high-tech security measures simply lose one of their soldiers? And what's more is that Vanessa's white Jeep, the Jeep that she drove to work on the 22nd of April, is still parked in the same spot, but it isn't taped off or being examined in any way. And wouldn't this be one of the first places they look, or at least be a focus of this investigation? It all just seems really strange. So two weeks go by, and despite the search parties and national coverage of Vanessa's disappearance, no leads turn up. The Gann family, continuing to be frustrated by the military's lack of answers for their daughter, hold a rally in Killeen, Texas, where Fort Hood is located. During this, they disclose Vanessa's confession that she was being sexually harassed by a superior on the base. The family's lawyer, Natalie Kawam, shared that Vanessa had told her mom and friends that a sergeant had walked in on her while she was showering, sitting down and watching her while she was exposed. 
Vanessa also told her mother that a sergeant, perhaps the same one that would watch her while she showered as well, was following her while she went on runs. And these are just two examples of what Vanessa was going through. Statements from friends and witnesses have Kawam concerned that the sexual harassment was by more than one person and potentially on multiple occasions. Fort Hood investigators, though, say that Vanessa never made any official reports that can back up her family's claims of harassment. For Kawam and many others, this isn't surprising. Women who are victims of sexual harassment like this, particularly women of color like Vanessa, often don't come forward to report it out of fear of retaliation for higher-up officials, who sometimes are the perpetrators of this harassment, and knowing that they might not be believed at all by others. As days turn into weeks, Vanessa's family continues to get no answers on where their beloved daughter could be or how this could have happened on a U.S. Army base. Their public outrage captures national attention and protests are organized outside of the base, urging the U.S. Army stationed there to do more to help find Vanessa. By the end of May, with Vanessa missing for a full month, the Army CID, or Criminal Investigation Division, had reached out to multiple other police departments in the area for help, as well as had 500 soldiers on the base helping to search for Vanessa, though with no luck. Their reward for this information increased to 25000 and then to 50000 Actress Selma Hayek posts on Instagram to bring us back Vanessa. The rapper Baby Bash adds another 5000 in reward money. The League of United Latin American Citizens joins in on the ongoing peaceful protest. But despite the increase in attention, it's not until the end of June, two months after Vanessa was last seen, that the investigation begins to shift. So on June 21st, a dive and search team looks around Leon River after receiving a tip, a place they said they have searched five times already. They notice a patch of ground that had been burned, along with some trees and pieces of a box. They also noted that there was a smell of decomposition. Despite these deeply unusual things, the Army CID couldn't find anything to directly link this location to Vanessa, but announced that they believe foul play might be involved with her disappearance. So nine days later, only a few feet away from where investigators had searched along Leon River in Belton, Texas, a group of workers building a fence notice a horrible odor in the air and decide to look around only to find dark hair coming out of the ground. They call the police immediately who uncover human remains in a shallow grave. These remains are soon confirmed to be Vanessa Guillen. With remains found Though before they had even been identified as Vanessa, two primary suspects are identified, specialist Aaron Robinson and his girlfriend Cicely Aguilar. Robinson worked in another building at Fort Hood near where Vanessa worked. Though he was not her superior or in her chain of command, it was Robinson who had messaged Vanessa to come inspect equipment for him on the last day she was seen alive in April. Robinson had been interviewed initially when investigators were looking through Vanessa's phone records. 
as well as his girlfriend, who he had called multiple times that night, but neither had been considered with much conviction until the remains were uncovered. With phone locations putting both Robinson and Aguilar in the location where her body was found on the day she went missing, the police moved to arrest the pair. Aguilar is arrested while Robinson is confined to his barracks. Robinson, despite being the primary suspect in Vanessa's murder, manages to get away and flees his post at Fort Hood, though there were guards posted at all entrances and exits. When law enforcement finally caught up to him and confronted him on July 2nd, Aaron Robinson took out a gun and fatally shot himself. While Robinson's suicide seems like an admission of guilt, it still leaves everyone with many unanswered questions. Though a criminal complaint and confession from Cicely Aguilar, the Guillen family was able to finally learn what happened to their daughter on April 22nd. Vanessa left her station after receiving a message from Robinson, who worked in a nearby armory, to read serial numbers for equipment and process paperwork at the motor pool. Witnesses there confirmed that she never arrived with the paperwork. Aguilar told investigators that Robinson had confessed to her that he had hit a female soldier on the head with a hammer multiple times, killing her in the arms room on Fort Hood. The Guillen's lawyer stated that Vanessa's face and head were so brutally mangled that she couldn't be identified by dental records at all, and that her remains had been sent out to be identified through other means. Aguilar stated that Robinson then put Vanessa's body into a large wheeled box, and then it was moved to the location near Leon River, where her remains would eventually be found. Witnesses confirmed seeing Robinson struggling to move this tough box, and he was seen loading it into his car and driving away. Initially, Aguilar and Robinson both claimed to be home the entire night of the 22nd, though phone records show Robinson making long calls to Aguilar in the middle of the night. She said that she couldn't find her phone, and that's why Robinson was calling. But given the length of calls, investigators know this can't be true. Aguilar later backtracks the statement when phone locations put them near Belton, Texas, where Vanessa's remains were found. She said that what actually happened was that they went on a long drive to look at the stars there. But this statement was false too, and the truth finally comes out. On the night of the 22nd, Robinson picked up Aguilar, his girlfriend, from her job at the gas station and took her to the riverside where he had left the large box with wheels. He opened the box and showed Aguilar the body inside, which she confirmed with investigators was in fact Vanessa Guillen. In order to cover up what he had done, Robinson and Aguilar cut apart Vanessa's body using a hatchet or axe-type knife. They remove her arms, legs, and head. They even attempted to burn her body, but it wouldn't burn completely. They buried her in three separate graves that night. A few nights later, most likely the 26th of April, according to their phone records, Robinson and Aguilar returned to where they buried Vanessa's remains, but this time with hairnets and gloves to prevent leaving any trace of themselves behind. 
Aguilar also said that she had purchased and brought with them a bag of concrete. They uncovered Vanessa's remains to break them down even more and burn them again along with their hairnets and gloves. They once burned everything, this time mixing in concrete to better conceal what they have done. Afterwards, they returned home, burned the clothes that they were wearing, concocted their alibi, talking about taking a drive to look at the stars in Belton, and remained silent while the Guillen family begged the nation for answers on where their daughter could be. On June 30th, the day Vanessa's remains were found, Robinson called his girlfriend and said, Baby, they found pieces. They found pieces. And we know what he was referring to was what was left of Vanessa's body. While Aguilar's confession gives details on how Vanessa died, it doesn't explain Robinson's motive to murder Vanessa. According to information relayed to the Guillens from Army CID, Robinson had told Aguilar that Vanessa had seen a photo of her on his phone and had recognized Aguilar as the estranged wife of a former soldier on the base. Because adultery is a crime in the military, Robinson claimed that Vanessa was threatening to report the relationship to higher officials. While this might be a satisfactory explanation for CID officials, the Guillen family doesn't believe it at all. They believe that Robinson was the soldier who had been sexually harassing Vanessa at Fort Hood. With Vanessa and Robinson dead, there is no concrete evidence on what words were exchanged between them that afternoon in the arms room. While the Guillen family may finally know what happened to Vanessa, they feel their fight for her is far from over. They continue to speak up and out against rampant sexual harassment in the Army for Female Soldiers. They initiated a social media campaign where current and veteran soldiers share their own stories of harassment with the hashtag IamVanessaGuillen. They are advocating for a bill to be passed nationwide that will help hold perpetrators, no matter their rank, accountable and create safe spaces for victims to come forward with their experiences and to ultimately end sexual assault and harassment in the military. They're also pushing to open a criminal investigation into how Fort Hood, a secure military post, could have allowed such violence to be committed there against one of their own soldiers. If Vanessa's story resonates with you, you can find more information on ways to help fight for justice for her at findvanessaguillen.com. If you or someone you know has or is currently experiencing sexual harassment, you can call the Safe Help Hotline at 877-995-5247. Although the fight still continues to find justice for the Guillen family and her supporters, this concludes this week's episode of Crime Salad. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please support this podcast with supporting reviews, subscribe, and tell a friend about Crime Salad. Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect. All the blood, love, all the pain.
the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. <laughs> 